A brand new week of Village Vice. I'm Brad Law. He is Zach Blackerby, and it is almost game week. For some teams around the country, it is yes. game week. For the Auburn Tigers and, uh, well, 12 other SEC teams, you still got to wait another week. But, Zach, this is exciting. It feels a little bit different. Hugh Freeze said after the scrimmage Saturday that uh, that's the end of fall camp. And, and so now it's a new phase as Auburn gets ready for UMass in less than two weeks. You're starting to feel it a little bit, right? I mean, it's starting to feel like football is certainly back, and it'll certainly feel that way this time a week from now when it will officially be game week. But after that second scrimmage, it kind of seems to be a little bit more serious, Brad. I mean, you start to see position battles going away and being decided and depth charts kind of forming, whether it's officially or unofficially, but it's close. I mean, you can feel it. Yeah, Peyton Thorne was announced the starter last week, and we talked about how important that was for the team. And we, we alluded to a little bit. We didn't say specifically, but we kind of alluded to other dominoes starting to fall after that was in place. And it kind of sounds like in the scrimmage, you're starting to see some guys step up and maybe earn an official spot in the starting lineup. Hugh Freeze mentioned Shane Hooks, who had a wild day on Saturday and uh, Isaiah Miller on the offensive line, a couple of guys that I, I think you're going to see in the starting lineup on game one. Yeah, I think the timing of them stepping up is really big, too. I mean, we, we talked about this before, Brad, but a lot of questions with Auburn's wide receivers. Now, I think we all agreed that there were answers on the roster as well, but somebody needed to step up. Somebody needed to do it. It sounds like Shane Hooks did exactly that. And I, I, I kind of went on this uh, on another show earlier today, Brad, but, you know, some of the some of the responses was, oh, okay, he had one good catch, and we're going to act mm -hmm. like he's the greatest thing ever. And it's like, well, it, it wasn't just one catch. He had six catches on Saturday. He had one of the better plays in the first scrimmage as well, and it, it's a body of work up to this point. And I think the fact that he had that electric one-handed catch from Peyton Thorne in the back of the end zone, I think it was kind of the exclamation mark of like, okay, the body of work is legitimate, and also you get the upside of, of moments uh, of moments like that. And so I, I thought that was huge for Shane Hooks. And then Xavier Miller, I thought it was interesting when we saw it Thursday when he was at right tackle, they moved going to Britain from right tackle to left guard. And it's like, okay, is this something where they're actually trying to get better or is this a depth thing? And I think you could have kind of taken it both ways, but no, it seems like if Hugh Freeze is going to say he's too good to keep off the field, yeah, you got to think he's going to be starting somewhere. Yeah, Gunnar Britton has moved over and played a little bit of guard, and and Hugh Freeze talked about it Saturday about how now it's you, you want to put your best five on the field, and so Gunnar Britton is a guy that we all slotted in at, at a tackle spot, mm -hmm. and if Too Tall is now is earning the spot if if he's putting the coaches in a position where they can't keep him off the field, and now you move Britton, a guy with really good size, plenty of experience, versatility on the line, to one of those guard spots. And hasn't that been one of the questions? All right, who's going to come out? Who's going to yeah. emerge as, as one of those interior offensive linemen? That just makes this offensive line better. It creates more, uh, I guess, hope and optimism for the running game. Uh, and in pass blocking, it's just it's one of those win-win type situations, I think. Yeah, and I love that Hugh Freeze was pretty clear about this isn't about Gunnar Britton. This is about Xavion Miller being too good. This isn't about Gunnar Britton not performing at right tackle, but it just kind of seems like if, if Miller is going to play, he's going to be at right tackle. And so they move Gunnar Brennan over. This is more of a, seems like to me, Brad, correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but it seems more like an Xavier Miller 
versus Jeremiah Wright, which is weird because they're in different positions. And then Gunnar Britton's just kind of that safety blanket that, according to Coach Freeze, can play all five positions. Yeah, I'd kind of like to see him at center, just see what it looks like. But but all in all, I mean, it's it's not about uh, Gunnar Britton, which I think is uh, which I think was cool that Hugh Freeze did that. I've made some comparisons to 2017 with regards to this offensive line, and I think there's more to back that up. That year, not only yes. did you have Braden Smith, who would be drafted in the NFL that that following year, but remember Austin Golson transferred in, and he was. You know, he was an SEC caliber offensive lineman. He transferred over from Ole Miss and could play all five positions and did play tackle, guard, and center at various points in 2017. Auburn also had Casey Dunn that year, a grad transfer from Jacksonville State. He got some time in the middle at center and at a couple of guard spots that year. I just the, the depth that this coaching staff has brought in and the way that a couple of these guys have, have separated themselves and improved – physically and tactically on the field. I, I just think there are a lot of similarities to that offensive line, which by the end of the year was after taking a little bit of time to gel and improve consistently, they were a monster offensive line in 2017. They were, and they had really good backs behind them or specifically mm -hmm. carry on Johnson, as we discussed before, Brad, but I think all five of those offensive linemen got a shot in the NFL. They either got drafted or signed with a team. Now, not many of them made rosters, but they all got a shot. Yeah. And we haven't sniffed that since that year, right? And, and all of a sudden now, it's like, okay, I know for a fact that scouts have you know, shown interest in watching Gunner Britton just because I, I, I've talked to a few. Uh, Dylan Wade's a similar situation. Don't know if he's a tackle at the next level, but he's certainly going to garner some attention. Scouts know who he is. Then Avery Jones uh, is certainly going to be there as well. Yeah. And I just got a feeling they're going to love the skill set and the body of a Xavier Miller. We'll see if, you know, Cam Sutz gets a chance. We'll see. But it, it's just, it's a different conversation. The fact that you can make the argument that Auburn feels good about three different offensive tackles, mm -hmm. three last few years, we haven't had one. I mean, that, yeah. that's just such a huge jump. It's such a huge jump for the Tigers and, and props to Hugh Freeze for flipping that part of the roster so quickly. It's another example too, Zach of, a plan being put in place right. and giving the fan base another uh, another reason or more evidence of why you can be hopeful, why you can be optimistic that this staff is going to do the things that they know are necessary to right. get a seat at the table. Nobody is saying that, well, Auburn's going to be the odds-on favorite to win the national title for the next decade. No, but they're going to get a seat at the table. You have to recruit at a certain level. You have to recruit recruit certain positions well. You have to be able to execute in certain areas, run and stop the run. You got to do those things to have a seat at the table. And for the first time in a handful of years, Auburn fans can legitimately look. There's proof of concept. That's a term that's been thrown a lot, a lot in the offseason. But it's there now that this staff knows what to do and they can do it. That, there's no question. There's no question about it. And and I just think this offensive line paired with the running backs that will be behind them. You and I kind of had the quick debate, even though it wasn't much of a debate about the depth of this defensive back room being better than what they had in 2017. I think it's there. I don't think they have a carry on, but they do have a Jarquez Hunter and a Damari Austin and a Brian Batty and a Jeremiah Cobb. And I think you feel good about all of those. So couple that with a good offensive line. Yeah. Hugh Freeze and Phillip Montgomery's kind of play calling and scheme and the way they approach offensive game plans. Yeah. There's a lot of upside, but they got to go out and do it, Brad.
Got to go out and do it. And there's still a couple of questions to be answered. And we'll get to that uh, in just a minute. Right now, though, we know NFL preseason is going strong. I was listening to Seahawks radio on my phone late Saturday night. And Derek Hall was there. He hawk. And he came up with his with his first NFL preseason sack on uh, on Saturday night for the Seahawks. And uh, week zero college football is here. And if you need some plays, you got to go to Lance's Lock. Com. That's lanceslock.com. Right now's the time to get the best price on the monthly and annual packages. Sign up today for the best deal, lanceslock.com. Also, uh, you want to look good and feel good this uh, this football season, and you can get the top-of-the-line golf gear, and they also got amazing hoodies by heading to roback.com. That's spelled R-H-O-B-A-C-K, roback.com, and you can use promo code TNR20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping on that first order. Roback.com. Use promo code TNR20 for 20% off. Brad Law. Hugh Freeze on Saturday after the scrimmage uh, sounded cautiously optimistic. Now, he mm. put the disclaimer out there. He said, you know, I, I never know. Are we running the ball because we can run the ball or because we can't stop the run? Uh, but through two scrimmages now, Auburn has run the ball effectively. Um Coach Free sounded optimistic because they've limited the turnovers. It was only yeah. one Saturday, and that's because the receiver slipped, and uh, and the ability to run the ball. So let's get into now and, and flip it a little bit. Auburn will need to stop the run. You yeah. got to run, and you got to be able to stop the run to have a seat at the table when the season is over. Um, as we look at this defensive line, they're battling some injuries, and frankly, I, I think some guys have emerged. We've heard their names a little more than. Maybe we expected to in fall camp. Want to get your take on a projected defense for Auburn, the first 11 on the field against UMass? Oh, man. Are we assuming no injuries? Can well, we assume no injuries? Because that makes this difficult. Yeah, very difficult. And that's a key, right? Because mm -hmm. um, you, had, you had at least four guys who weren't out there that are going to be key players or would figure to be key players on this defense. So yeah, yeah, I mean cuz Marcus Harris is a no-brainer, but it yeah. sounds like he kind of got banged up on Saturday and there's questions on if he'll be back. I'm going to assume he'll be back. So yeah. the the first four guys out there and granted I think literally all four of these guys are battling some sort of injury, but we'll assume they're all back. We'll go with uh, Jalen McLeod at Jack linebacker. We'll go with Jason Jones at nose, and we'll go with Marcus Harris at defensive tackle and Keldrick Falk at defensive end. Barring all those guys are healthy enough to start versus UMass. I think that's the floor there. At linebacker, let's assume Austin Keys is back. Yeah, because he's then, one of the guys who wasn't there Saturday. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and he's kind of been battling something for a few weeks, and so maybe he's on the other side of it or close to the other side of it. And also, it wouldn't shock me if they felt good about Keys and they wanted to see more about the guys behind them with Eugene Asante and then Larry Nixon, the transfer from North Texas. But I'll say Keys is back, and he starts next to Eugene Asante. I'll say those are the two linebackers. At safety, I'll say Zion Puckett and Donovan Kaufman. I don't feel super confident about that when the safeties are a little um, – yeah. there, there's some gray area for me there. And then your corners are going to be DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett, and I think your nickel will be Keontae Scott. That's That's my projection. Do you see Scott on the field in place of uh, of somebody else when they're not in nickel? No. I mean, I don't no. think we've seen him at safety, right? Yeah, right. Unless yeah. you wanted to take Donovan Kaufman off the field and put Scott at safety. But I just don't know if they put him there. Yeah. No, but they're going to be a nickel so much. 
I sure. think I think something that you'll see though when they're not a nickel is they'll put another jack on the field mm-hmm. in a run heavy situation. I uh, I think you're more likely to see them just take the nickel off the field and yeah. put another jack linebacker on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. That's that's yeah. my guess of what we would see most. But nickel's the new base is what everybody yeah. says. You know the the days of the three four and the four three are over from a personnel standpoint. You'll see yeah. you'll see that how defensive linemen line up. But as far as personnel, that's just you'd have to have some really talented linebackers to consistently have three or three or more linebackers yeah. on the field. No, you're right. And uh, speaking of the defensive backs, Coach Freeze said Saturday he thought that those guys did a, got better at tackling, at guarding. I thought that the the passes that were open mm-hmm. down the field, there, there were some overthrows, but they weren't as open in this scrimmage as they were in the first scrimmage. And I thought the defensive line got better pressure in this scrimmage than they did the Saturday before. So, you know, even though some guys offensively had good days uh, and you still don't like to see maybe as much success against your defense running the ball, I, I, I thought the defense, there were more reasons after this past scrimmage to be excited or hopeful about the defense than a week before. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I still think rush defense is going to be the biggest thing, which is not what I've been saying for the bulk of the offseason, I was so concerned with the pass rush, and I just assumed mm-hmm. that from a scheme standpoint, they would figure out how to stop the run because I thought they had the size to do that. And of course, it's more than just you know having the size, but we've heard good things about the individual parts of the rush defense. Like we've heard good things about Jason Jones. We've heard good things about Marcus Harris. We've heard good things about Lawrence Johnson, who had a really good first half of fall camp, the transfer from Purdue. Messiah Nasili Kite, the transfer from Maryland. We heard good things about all these guys. Yeah. But they're not stopping the run, Brad. And so that kind of makes me wonder is it, is it really them not getting off blocks? Is it a scheme thing? Is it an assignment thing? Because we all know, you know, if it, the issue from A Day was there was just missed assignments as far as who was setting the edge and who was yeah. keeping containment. They should have that figured out by now. So I'm a little concerned about sure. that, Brad. I think maybe because they're still trying to find guys who can do it consistently, right? Yeah, Coach, maybe. we've talked about the the uh, rotation being pretty extensive. And so yeah. if everybody's healthy, yeah, I think you're going to see double digits, you know, 12, 13 guys along that, that, you know, front four or front six, maybe shuttling in 18 guys in there in, in game one. I mean, that'd be, that'd be amazing. I mean, you think yeah. about it, let's just go position by position. So with Jack, sure. you've got McLeod. Yep. And McAllister and Sings, Steven yep. Sings. Had a good day Saturday. Oh, did he? Yep. From a pass rushing standpoint or from just a, overall? Yeah, from, from a rush. He was able to get pressure off the edge. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so you probably got three guys there that I think all three of those dudes are going to be a part of the rotation. And we may see situations where they want to put Keldrick at Jack. We'll see. Yeah. At uh, a defensive end, we've got Keldrick. Falk, and you could scoot Marcus Harris out there. Messiah Nasili Kite, I believe, started the start of fall at that position. So those are probably the two you feel the best about. I think Zakevius Walker played some defensive end as well. So we're at six right there, just two positions into it. Marcus Harris, um, and then that's the position where I kind of feel a little in. A lot of the guys that can play that three technique are also playing that defensive end. So I don't know. I don't know necessarily about what that rotation would look like since we counted all those guys. And then at nose, you got Jason Jones, 
Justin Rogers. Then I don't know after that. Yeah. So I mean, counting all that, I mean, we're 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 at ten right there, and I'm sure yeah. somebody else will step up. Sure, be big if Justin Rogers can can kind of come on and fill that potential. You're able yeah. to do more with Marcus Harris in that situation. You could be a little more versatile uh, up front with the defensive line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just they got to they got to figure out assignments and they've got to get off blocks. I, I think that's probably going to be their biggest thing that they're working on from now till uh, till UMass comes to town. Yeah. All right. Speaking of UMass, Zach, week zero, the Minutemen are involved in week zero. They're going to head out to Las Cruces to play New Mexico State. It will be 98 degrees in Las Cruces. Won't be the same humidity, but it'll still be very, very hot. So UMass will get a little taste of the heat before they come south. That's one of the games week zero. How closely are you watching some of the matchups this weekend? Or are you kind of waiting to jump into the pool next week with week one? No, as soon as the pool opens, I want to jump in, Brad. So I, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. You know, we get Navy and Notre Dame and Ireland, which is yeah. fun, I guess. But I'll definitely watch UMass at New Mexico State. I don't know if I'll watch it live, but I'll definitely watch that at some point. And then I think the other game I'm probably most interested in is Hawaii at Vanderbilt, just because it's kind of like an SEC team is playing. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess technically an SEC team is playing. And we got to see what eight people voted for Vandy to win the uh, the SEC. Yeah. Uh, we got to see uh, what these potential uh, SEC champs may look like. <laughs> yeah, they. you know what? They won two of their last three last year and uh, and beat Hawaii like 63 to 10 mm -hmm. in the opener a year ago. Now they gave up 50 plus four times last year. Vanderbilt yeah. did. So, you know, it, you're just looking up. So all, the only place to go is up. Um, USC is at home against San Jose State on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame Navy. So a funny story. Ten years ago, I managed the Notre Dame radio network. Okay. And they played in Dublin against Navy to start the season. And one of my responsibilities, uh, in addition to coordinating radio affiliates, was to book the travel for the radio crew. And uh, I had never booked international travel before in my life. And I was oh, shocked no. at, at the prices and what, because, you know, I didn't know to do it very early. So we were trying to book them late. And like the day before the trip, the analyst for the radio network said some things that he shouldn't have said and was left at home for the trip. Okay. So memorable Notre Dame Navy matchups in Dublin. Uh, Probably more exciting what happens off the field than on the field in that game. But we'll see. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. And uh, the, the Notre Dame fan that I speak to the most is going. He lives yeah. out in L.A., but he is he's going. And so I can't imagine how fun that would be. Like, if Auburn played in Ireland, like, that'd be awesome to go to. I've never been to Ireland. I would love to go. It seems nice. It seems like a fun place to visit. But, uh, yeah, I, I just... I'm wondering like how far after college football is like with the NFL playing everywhere all over yeah. the world. I, I feel like college football is a, is a few years out from having a few of those. I think that'd be good yeah. for the sport. I, I think we're headed toward the NFLization of college football. So it kind of yeah. makes sense that you would see that. Who would you want to see Auburn play and where internationally? If you got to choose, leave us a comment and, uh, and, and let us know what your choice would be there. That would be fun. Yeah, I, I think I'd want them to go somewhere in Ireland or the UK or somewhere in Europe um, yeah. for sure. Um, 
And I'm trying to think of like a fun non-conference game that would make sense for that. I think Notre Dame would be fun. Sure. Actually, yeah, I mean, yeah, Notre Dame. I think internationally makes the most sense, but that's probably true. I don't know. Let's go play UCLA in Fiji or something. That'd be fine with me. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I'm I'm all for more non-conference games, but those may be going away more and more with as these conferences get bigger. But we'll see. We'll see. What week zero game are you most looking forward to? You know, I'll, I'll have an eye on Jack State. I mean, I grew up 12 minutes from their campus, so okay, I'll, sure. I'll have an eye on their opener. I have a little bit of an eye on on UMass and, you know, look at them just for prep for the next week. I don't get all that excited about the Week Zero games, or at least the matchups this year, because I don't know that there will be a ton of compelling close games on that schedule. And I'm so buried in work getting ready for the season to start that, I, yeah, I, I don't really fully get immersed. I don't jump in the pool until Auburn's first game. Really? So even yeah. because we've got some Thursday games. Yeah. For um, what the thirty first? I mean, when Florida and Utah kick off, yeah. I think for me that's going to be like we're back. We yeah. made it. I agree with that, but that's still week one. That's not week zero. That's, no, I understand. That, I understand. Yeah, that's game week. That's here. So yeah, that for sure. But. I don't know. All in all, good stuff for sure. And so, you know, I, I think as far as potential storylines this week, Brad, yeah. um, I don't think we're going to hear a whole lot about practice no. or a whole lot from Hugh Freeze. I think the depth chart's pretty much decided, and I bet they kind of sprinkle in some stuff. Maybe Texas A and M and Cal this mm -hmm. week is just my guess, and then next week it's all about it's all about UMass. I agree. I think that would be smart. And isn't it nice to know that this coach and this coaching staff, they've done it before. They they have a, a, a formula that has worked for them. And there's great optimism and hope knowing that, yeah, they, they can execute the plan they put in place. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've definitely seen it from a roster management standpoint. And yeah. now it's like we, we've talked about this before, but this staff has had almost as good of an offseason as you possibly could have. Yeah. Now you got to go win football games. And I think the stuff that they're doing right now as fall camp is behind us and they're getting ready for the season up to this point, this is how you win football games. So we'll, um, we'll keep you tuned in every, um, what, four times a week here on, uh, right. on Village Vice. Yeah, give us a follow on social media. Everybody's got a vice, Zach. Just make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>